I'm your host, Jeff Dawson, for another episode of Dawson's Domain, where we cover the spectrum of life's pressing issues and events, from politics to relationships, sports to horror, alternative history to poetry, humor to baseball coaching, and everything in between. It is safe to say that winter has probably exited and spring is on the horizon. And that doesn't mean we might have just one more minor cold snap, but hey, these are the days that we live for. It is just beautiful. People should be outside enjoying it. I know I'm going to my son's tomorrow to enjoy it. I think it's supposed to be 80. I haven't been over there in many, many months, but we're going to have a small cookout and just kick back and relax. Of course, I'll watch my Joel Osteen in the morning and do my COVID report, and then I will wrap it up, shut it down, and head east and get the hell out of Dodge. Doesn't that sound exciting? Yes. Okay. If you have questions or comments, you can call in at 888-627-6008 or 323-744-4831. And you can listen to it from iHeartRadio on 631-359-9353. On the subscriptions, I've been talking about this for the last three episodes that I really hadn't looked into what you get. Well, the subscriptions for this channel are $299, $599, $999. Then they have a platinum and a diamond. The platinum's $19.99 and the diamond is $49.99. So what's the difference? There isn't one. The difference is in how much you enjoy the content. That is what the dollar figure is a summation of. So if you really like it and you want the diamond level, 50 bucks a month which is $25 an episode. We get enough subscribers and get this up to four times a month, then that drops down to $12.50 an episode. But that's the high end. Any subscription helps. And you, the listeners, are the ones that are the marketing tool. Your word of mouth is what pushes things. It's just like when you buy a book. The author can't stand there. When 50 people buy the book, well, that's not a good number because you could for 50, but say a thousand people bought the book. The author isn't going to personally know those thousand people, is he? No, he might just briefly meet them at a signing and that's it. Those are the people that push the book, just like a movie. If you really liked it, you're going to tell people you liked it. You read a book and you like it, you're going to tell people you liked it. And that is what pushes sales. It's the same thing with this radio show. You like it, you tell your friends, they tell their friends, and it becomes exponential, kind of like Herbalife. There's a reason Herbalife is a $5.2 billion company, is it was word of mouth. 
and the guy who started it was selling it from the street corners in California. Isn't that amazing? Well, that's how it works. Some people have instant success. Some people have a lot of time before they achieve that monetary success. But yeah, it's word of mouth that pushes it. And uh, we talk get into that because we had a lot of that going on at Dunstan's last night, and it was a grand time, I will say. Uh, so, yeah, you like the content, you tell your friends, you ask them to subscribe, say, hey, times are tough. You can get on there for $2.99. If you're not worried about cash, it's not a big problem, you can go up to $49.99. It's a choice. That's what's so great about America. It's a choice. I like that. Or I try and post these on Facebook when the feed comes through properly. Most of the time it does, but every once in a while there's some technical glitches. And the producers are working on it, but due to Facebook's analog, it just creates a just a spectrum of problems that they can't get through and Facebook isn't going to fix. So... On that occasion, when I can post it, I put it on my page, Jeff Dawson on Facebook, and you can get it there so you get a sample of what's going on. And then if you like what you hear there, well, every episode I've done for a year and a half is archived. So you can go back when you have spare time and are bored, you know, and I'll just say, and if you're bored, you know, let's listen to what he has to say. Let's see if he had anything intelligent to say nine months ago or what was his perspective on a certain topic and i also have him on my youtube channel director 59 where those aren't as frequent but i do have posts out there one of my favorites was don't mix my sports and politics and i still think that's very valid to this day don't mix my sports and politics because I don't give a damn who you voted for if I'm watching the Rangers lose their 102nd game of the year. I just want to see a baseball game. And last year, it was bad baseball. We'll get into that in a little bit, too. So those are the subscription rates. Tell your friends, sign on, help support my work. And I mentioned Herbalife. Yes, I'm an Herbalife distributor. And if you're looking for energy, one of the best ones is the total control or the liftoff. Now these are caffeine based. So if you have a problem with caffeine as I do, you can't take it. it. It does bad things. I can tell you that from personal experience. But if you're not, if you're not sensitive to caffeine, these will get you going. They will give you the energy they need. It will start burning the fat, but you still have to do some exercise. You know, I see these commercials for Golo and system and all this. I'm sorry. I, I cannot believe that these are the end-alls for Noom. Noom's the other one. If you think just sitting around is going to get you healthy, you might start losing weight, but if you don't actually do something for your cardiovascular system and your respiratory system, get out there and walk. And I'm about to get back into that is this is the third week beyond my hernia surgery. You got to help yourself. Yeah, the products help, no doubt about it. The shakes, 
when I did this seven years ago and dropped 25 pounds in two months, I was also walking at least a mile or two miles a day. And that helps not only speed up the process, but it's going to make your whole body healthier. Now, you know, I know some people have bad knees. I have a bad knee. And when it starts bothering me, I got to throw on that brace. I don't want to because they're cumbersome. I'm not talking about this little ace bandage that you put around there. I've got to put on the full leg brace that stabilizes that ACL ligament because mine has gotten loose again. But, you know, it was operated on 42 years ago. So it got loose and I wasn't really nice to it. Once it healed, I was very active. I was still doing things. I probably shouldn't have done, but, you know, I'm a male. It's what we do. We're not known for our mass amounts of intelligence at times. So it's come loose, and it's been loose for, I don't know, on and off 15, 20 years. But I want, if I want to walk and I want to be serious, my, that knee's hurting, I don't think a thing about throwing that brace on. Now, some people can't do that, and I understand it, but. There are exercises you can do at the house, sitting in a chair. Believe me, I've done that, especially after back surgery. Those elastic bands that the therapists give you or you can get at the medical store, they're cheap and they work and they help. I've got like six exercises that I'm about to get back into that will help my upper body because I don't have any weights. Well, I do have some light weights that I got from Bears after he passed, but any exercise is good. I don't care how minimal it is. Every exercise is good. So you can't go wrong. And on the Herbalife, you can go to my website, which is jeff-dawson, period, goherbalife, period, com, slash, en-us. That takes you to my site. I will be notified that I have a new customer. I will let you in. You can shop all you want to. You can get what you want. And I'll approve the sale, and it'll be shipped to your house. You don't have to wait for me to get it, and then it come to you. You'll put in your address, and within five business days, you'll have it. But it works. I'm a, I'm a believer in that. And believe me, I was not a believer when... My son first told me about it, but he convinced me after many debates and I finally had to say, son, I'm your dad. Don't, don't give me the hard sell. You find something I like, I'll try it. If it works, I'll pay you. If it doesn't, you pay for it. He found me one called restore. Now I can't make medical claims. I can only tell you what it did for me. And it did something that none of the medications from the doctor did. It leveled out my blood pressure because it looked like a roller coaster. And people will say, oh, how do you know? Oh, you want me to pull out the spreadsheets I've been doing since the back surgery I had in 2012? I'll gladly supply it to you and I'll show you. And I'll show you where I started taking Restore. And I'll show you where it leveled out. And I'll show you where I stopped taking it and what happened to it. And it was, it was just up and down and up and down. It was horrible. And even the doctors were like, no wonder you feel like crap. And I said, yeah, my blood pressure wasn't stable. 
this helped stabilize. And that's when I decided, okay, I'll try the shakes. I'm not a big shake fan. Of course, I do like McDonald's strawberry shakes, but that's a different story. It worked. I walked, I drank one a day. It takes all of five seconds, unlike this blend jet that I see that, what do those cost, $50 or something? They are going to be like the juice machine and the juicer. They're gonna have this peak. I mean, they're really popular right now. And then people are gonna get tired of spending 30 minutes preparing all of their ingredients to put into this that takes one to two minutes to properly mix up and consume. I mean, people don't have a lot of patience. Yeah, it's a new fad, so everyone gets excited and everybody wants to do it. And then they realize this is just a pain in the ass. Well, with Herbalife, it's not a pain in the ass. This is what I use. This is the shaker. You fill it up about to there with milk. I put in two scoops. I shake it. I'm done. And that's it. That's simplicity. Oh, well, I might have to buy milk. Okay. Is that really? Don't you go to the grocery store? I guess you can afford that too. You could get a gallon of milk. Of course, when I started this, I was told by my daughter-in-law, you realize you got to go to 2% milk. It's like, hell, I drink decaf coffee. I can handle 2%. Yeah, I'm going to miss my red milk, but hey, it's a small price to pay. But it works. And like I said, you want energy, lift off, total control. And these teas, they're caffeine-based, but there's no crash. There is absolutely zero crash. There's no sugar. And it just makes you feel better. Okay, if you're looking for management seminars, my book, Cutting to the Chase, is exactly that. This is a no BS management book. It's 105 pages long. It was originally titled Do Your Damn Job, but uh, I guess that offended some people. And I said, well, let me tone it down just a touch, but I don't tone down any of the content in the book at all it did go through a second edit which it needed which is no surprise a lot of books have to go through multiple edits for you finally get it right that's why you see all these different versions when you open up a book cover and see all these reprints some sometimes that's a reorder sometimes they found out there's a lot of errors they need to fix and etc and you move on but, uh, I mean, the management techniques are to the point, no BS, don't waste your time. It covers meetings, which that's a real big one. How many people have you talked to that don't like going to meetings? At least 90% will raise their hand. And then the studies that I came across, nobody, it, I think the highest was 75% just hated going to meetings because they were a waste of time and they didn't cover anything and they could have used that time more valuable. Well, I'll show you how to conduct a meeting. What is the topic? What are we discussing? And that's what we're going over. And anybody who tries to get off on a tangent will be shot. No, not really, but you know, sometimes you want to do that because it just seems like the right thing. It's like, would you please shut up? No one's listening. One of my youngest son's favorite sayings to me, well, no one's listening. Son, shut up. No one's talking to you either. But it's, it's to the point. 
how to handle employees, what to do with brown nosers, how to retain employees. This is just the brass tacks. They've worked for over a century. You know, I, I understand that a lot of the offices today, well, they have to have these nice environments and make everybody feel happy and comfortable. Well, if you're paying somebody $100,000 a year and they're not producing because they don't feel safe, then fire their ass, okay? Just can them. They're done. Seek life elsewhere. And this comes from 35 years of construction. And working with GCs, working as a prime, dealing with cities, dealing with government agencies, dealing with all these different people. And I could always tell when I walked in, and this is just disaster waiting to happen. And I don't know how many meetings I sat through where we'd waste an hour in the topic that we were supposed to be discussing was never addressed until it got to me. And it's like, well, you haven't said anything. Well, there was nothing to say because we haven't discussed what we're here for. So are we ready to discuss it now that we've wasted uh, an hour of our time? And I would present my case and within 10 minutes, there. Now what? Are How are you going to address this? So in 10 minutes, the issue was addressed, debated, because there was no... No one was allowed. There was no room to fudge. You weren't going to move out of that box or out of those lines. You are in this lane. You're going to stay in this lane. We're not switching so you can dodge and deflect the problem we're having. This is it. This is my solution. If that's not acceptable, what is yours? Because, guys, all you're doing is costing everyone time and money and neither one of those is an acceptable result. We're not coming back in a week to discuss what we discussed today. If we're going to come back in a week, then we're going to have a resolution to this and how to move forward. It really is that simple. Actually, I need to have this in about two days. And I have plenty of examples in the book on where I would bring this up and how it was resolved. And that's a seminar I give. The Woodall Foundation, I have mentioned them every week. This is a very worthwhile foundation started by Becky and Daniel Woodall. Becky was my best friend, Mike Paling's daughter. He died of a massive heart attack in 2001, which is very, very sad, very sad. But his daughter and husband are missionaries to the death in Moldova, which you know where that is now, don't you, if you've been watching the news. A lot of the Ukrainian refugees are headed to these Slavic countries in Poland. Well, they are now selling t-shirts to raise money to help feed and house those that they have taught, because they just didn't do it in Moldova. They've been to Odessa. They have been in the hotbed in the hot spots that we're seeing on the news today. And that's all they're doing is helping these people. So it's not like you're going to see them driving a new Ferrari, okay? Well, they have shirts they're now selling with a, I think that's the sign, I think. 
with the Ukrainians flags colors and they're asking for $30 but if money's tight and you still want to order one they're asking for $12 just to cover the cost which that's pretty cool no I haven't bought one yet funds have been tight but when I can I have contributed to them through the years because they do God's work that's it. They do God's work. They're on Facebook. It's Becky Woodall or the Woodall Foundation. They're easy to find. And they'll get, they, the money goes to what they say it goes to. It's not for a lavish lifestyle like we see with a lot of these 501Cs and these charities where it's just top heavy with administrators and they're fleecing all the money. They're taking 70 to 80 percent of it and then 20 percent goes to what it was supposed to be used for in the first place that's not what they do i would say 80 percent of that money goes to support their missionary work and they are still planning on going this summer unless there is a travel restriction not because of covid but because of the war so if you like to help out causes, it is an admirable one. And you can go onto their page and you can see what they're supporting. Because they are not shy about their pictures. And they have been in contact with many of the people that they have shared the word with and how they're faring under these difficult conditions right now. So take a moment, check out the Woodall Foundation, check out Betty, Becky Woodall, and you're good to go. Okay, Dunstan's. Oh, what a time it was. It started out very low-key. It was just Jerry and Patty Berry and Wes and myself. Well, Wes and I really have nothing to say because we see each other every day. We just irritate the hell out of each other because that's what we do. And Jerry and Patty, they're always, you know, how have you been? We live in a hotel. How the hell do you think we've been? And we live across this hall from each other. It's just, this is our time to get out of jail. Yes, it's like Monopoly. We're in jail six days out of the week. Well, that changed. A good friend of Patty and Jerry's that they hadn't seen in a while came through the door. Sharon, I thought Patty was going to fall out of her chair. I mean, you know, you know how women do, they put their mouth over their head like, oh, it's like when we do it, it's because we've either farted or about to throw up or something, but. She just sat there for like 30 seconds. Well, here came this woman, Sharon. I had met her a year ago. I had just forgotten because we really didn't interact that much. And then her husband, Jerry, came in. And it's very easy for me to remember them because we had relatives in our family, Jerry and Sharon Jones. So they came in. 
And of course, Patty is complaining about how mean I am to her and on and on and trying to get Sharon to get on board with this, which at first she did. But after a while, she was like, I kind of like this guy, even though he's really irritating as hell and doesn't appear to know when to shut up. But I'm kind of taking his side. Patty's face was like, well, that's just wrong. That's just wrong. Well, that livened up. Well, then they were with their neighbors, Christina and Mike. They came in. Now, it was Sharon's 80th birthday. So they came back to eat their dessert with us. And that was cool. But what had started out as a very low-key evening turned into quite the raucous occasion. And then there was a newcomer. A cigar smoker, because where we eat is the smoking section. His name's Pete. And he was sitting off in the corner doing what he did. Of course, Patty was, will join us, join us. He's like, no, I've got a really heavy cigar. So I'll just sit here and take it in and listen and see what's going on. Well, he really did enjoy the conversations we were having, especially when we got on to the fact of the Dallas Cowboys and Michael Irving and this came up from my book Irving Titans but it became quite outlandish because Wes is a big Cowboys fan and he just still thinks Jimmy Johnson walked on water well I'd have put Jimmy Johnson on the Titanic and stuck a torpedo on it to make sure the damn thing went down with Jimmy. But I have my opinion of Michael, and he's got his. I mean, anybody who watches the clips, Michael Irving was so high all the time. Of course, you can jump five feet tall. Well, when it's snowing in Dallas, what do you expect? And he always pushed off. He got away with more push-offs, and that's where Wes and I always butt heads. Everyone in the NFL does it. Everyone does it. I said, no, they don't. He got away with it so many times. Look at all the pass interference calls you don't like. Irving would have been flagged every time he came out of the formation. That's all he did was push off. So that really got things going. Because neither one of us will ever agree with the other one. And his stances, everybody was doing it in the NFL. And it's like, well... Yes, there was plenty of that going on, but not like Irving did it. And, of course, when the local police in the DFW area weren't going to prosecute any of them, what do you expect is going to happen? They won three Super Bowls. But uh, Pete, now he was very interesting, and I'm not sure how many heard it, but he went to Tulsa University and got a business degree. Well, TU is a very prestigious college. It's kind of like Rice as far as size goes. I mean, it's in the heart of Tulsa. It's a small campus. I don't know what their uh, makeup is. The student body, I'd have to look that up. But I'm going to guess it can't be more than 5,000, kind of like Rice. But it's a good school. And he and I got to talk because – he, his <clears throat> career didn't allow him to go back to Tulsa. Well, now that he retired, he got to move back because it's a really 
even though he told me that the metropolitan area now is like a million, which that just flabbergasted me. That's a bunch. But we got to share a lot of good information and a little bit of stories. I mean, he's 10 years older than me, but we were, he described how a lot of things had changed because I haven't been back to Tulsa in a while. And that was really cool. So even though he didn't actually sit at our table, he was part of the conversation. So it was a great, great time. And when I was talking about word of mouth, I sold five books. And that was by word of mouth. And luckily, I still had some in my truck. So Christina got uh, Love's True Second Chance and Women of War. Her husband, big Dallas Cowboy fan, he wanted a copy of Irving Titans. And Sharon got Love's True Second Chance and Women of War. The love story, she... She seemed interested in it, but when I showed her the poetry book of women who have served on the front lines and at home, you could tell by her eyes that, yes, I would like a copy of that. And uh, being their birthday and guests, Jerry and Patty said, we'll pay for it. And that was very, very nice of them. Well, that's what word of mouth does. It's very powerful, to say the least. So it was an outstanding time, and I will say this much because I've been accused of making fun of Miss Patty, and she doesn't get her hugs. Well, I made it a point to wait and wait. And well, I'm looking at my watch. I'm waiting. I'm waiting because she just kind of scooted out and disappeared. Well, I wasn't going to go bust into the ladies' room and say, woman, if you want a hug, let's go. Finish up. I got to go. I was reserved. And for once, Wes actually left before I did. He accused me of that every time we're leaving, I get to talking. No, that's not true. That is not true. This was one of the few times where I was trying to be nice, Miss Patty, so that I didn't have to listen to the grief. And yes, she got her hug and life is good, but it was a wonderful time. And we did have our same servers, Tabitha, Tracy, and Janet. They all came back and chatted a bit. So it was good to get out of the out of the prison of the Sterling Hotel and have a very enjoyable and memorable evening. It was a lot of fun. And if you are in the Dallas area, they have two locations, one on Lover's Lane. The one we go to is Harry Hines in Regal Row. It's a great family restaurant. It's Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's affordable. That's not the word I want. But it's not going to break the bank. It's not like going to a Cowboys or a Rangers game. It's The prices are easy on the eyes, and the food is good. And the atmosphere is excellent. Now, what more do you want from a dining experience? 
But I'll warn you, if you come back to the smoking room, get ready when you open that door to hear, Hi, how you doing? What's your name? That's going to be Patty. Welcome you, welcome you into the clan. Book review. Okay, Seven Keys to Surviving the Trump Presidency, Dr. Dent Yollop. Now, that might seem a little dated, but it really isn't because even though Trump is out of the picture for the most part, what the good doctor writes about is not, and I'm not going to read the whole review I did on this, but it really comes down to taking a pill. And, you know, medicine aside, Dr. Dentalia shows how easy you can regain your life with four simple steps, hope, faith, patience, and endurance. Throwing medication, exercise, and clearing your mind each night will put you onto the path of recovery. He isn't saying to act like an ostrich. No, far from it. To be involved is everyone's duty as a citizen of this great nation. Don't let it control and consume your being to the point you lose all sense of reality. And I still see that uh, definitely not like it was when <clears throat> the media and every liberal I knew was bashing Trump at every turn of the corner, whether it was true or false, which we're finding out the majority of these accusations were false. They were losing their minds. I mean, remember when he was elected and colleges brought in comfort dogs and comfort food and all these women were gnashing and wailing like they were at the wall at the prayer wall in Jerusalem that the world had come to an end it was the end of times and they'd lost their mind and their ability to think and all through this presidency you saw that every day well that's what this book really came down to I mean when you read the title you think that's an anti-Trump book no it was a book to, okay, look at us conservatives. We're not happy Biden won, but the world didn't stop turning. I sure wasn't happy when Obama won. The world kept turning. I stayed up to date on the issues and would post my comments about it but it didn't consume my life. Now, my good friend bears that passed away, it did. And we would have discussions and debates over this. Bears, turn off the news. Turn off Fox. Find something else to watch. Turn off MSNBC or see it. Turn the shit off. It, th treat it like a soap opera. You get five minutes of it, you can come back in a week, and you still got five minutes of it. And it's the same story. They're just regurgitating it over and over and over and over. At least the soap opera moves forward with our media. It doesn't move forward. It's stuck in the mud, and they're trying to scare the hell out of you. I mean, they really are. They really are.
I'll get into that in a minute. But it really is a good book. Seven Keys to Surviving the Trump Presidency. Even though he's not president, how many friends on the right do you see are still consumed with the election fraud or the so-called election fraud and other things the Democrats are doing? It doesn't consume me. Now, some people might think it does, but it doesn't. I stay informed. But I don't have to be informed 24-7. I don't have to have the news on my television 24-7. Absolutely not. There is more to life. Yes, politics and policies definitely affect our daily lives. But it cannot consume them. And you can tie that in with the herbal life and the exercise. You do this together. You clear your mind, and that's what I miss about walking the most. That's the time where I get to clear my mind and think about nothing. Of course, I might think about Debbie, but I clear my mind of anything negative, any pressing issues I'm up against, whether it be financial, whether it be family, whatever it is. That is my time to clear out the crap, think about nothing, enjoy being outdoors, and relax, and be calm, and ponder. Not think, just ponder. I mean, when I first started doing it, I would spend the time planning and organizing. Well, that was counterproductive. I did that all through my construction career. When I was in my truck, if I wasn't on the phone, then I was constantly thinking, what do I have to do? Who do I talk to? What jobs do I need to bid? What problems do we have? What supplier isn't coming through? What meetings do I need to set up? Blah, 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 blah. But that was work. When I get away from work, I'm done. And when I became a single parent after my divorce, Wednesday night, since we weren't Baptist, we didn't go to church. All of my kids' friends did. We went to the park Wednesday night. Whether it was an hour, whether it was two hours, on two conditions. The chores were done and homework was done. That didn't include doing the dishes. I'll take care of the dishes when we get back. But they'd been fed and we went to the park. That time wasn't spent thinking about work. It was spent spending time with my kids. That was my break because on the weekends, if I wasn't working, then a buddy and I had started a Dixie League baseball program and we were involved in that Saturday and Sunday. So it was nonstop. So those one to two hours that we got Wednesday evening, that was my decompression time. I didn't have to worry about work. The only thing I had to worry about was nothing. I just spent time with the kids, and we had a great time. It was wonderful. You couldn't ask for anything more. 
and I would chase them. They would chase me. And before I got fat, I could go down the slides. Now, if I went down the slides, I'd get stuck unless it was greased or something. Oh, goodness. Goodness, goodness. So that is a good book. Seven Keys to Surviving the Trump Presidency. A lot of lessons in that book can be applied at any time and at any place and at any age. Well, unless you're a toddler, I'll cut them some slack. Why not? All right. I'll give the phone numbers again. If you've got any comments, it's 888-627-6008 or 323-744-4831. And the last thing I'll say, book reviews. I know Amazon has a new policy that if you don't spend like $50 or some BS amount, then you can't post a review. Okay. But if you have spent and you use Amazon a lot and you've read one of my books and you have the time, post a review. It would be very much appreciated. Okay. And I, I have mentioned on each show, my new book, Roadkill, is out. If you like a good detective story with a lot of people getting killed, that's it. And it takes place in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So it was fun to write. It took seven years. It's not a real in-depth whodunit. You know who's doing it. But what you don't know at the end is who's going to be left standing. And I didn't know until I wrote the last chapter. And I thought that was a lot of fun. Okay. Arguing with liberals. You know, I don't like to classify people, but if you followed my Facebook page, up until Facebook changed something, I had a lot of liberals come on when I would post stuff. That hasn't happened in the last, I guess, six, maybe nine months, six for sure. It's like they don't see it or they're just not coming on, which some of the stuff I post, I find it very odd that they're not coming on. So Facebook has waved their magic wand and maybe they're trying to calm down the rhetoric. I don't know. Well, I had one come on because I've been posting about the historical analysis that I see. And Robert Smith and I talked about it two weeks ago this war in Ukraine and the tactics. We didn't get into the politics, the political part of it. We just looked at the grand scheme and the strategy because he spent 30 years retired as a full bird colonel. And I fell on him to inform me of things I wasn't aware of since I didn't serve. And it was very enlightening. So I do an analysis and discuss the Poland wanting to send the Ukrainians MiG-29s, okay? And we talked about this last night at dinner because this is what the media story is. Well, they came out in the 70s and that they're antiquated and they're this and they're that. And I looked at everyone and said, you realize the B-52 is still the backbone of SAC, right? And when did the B-52 come out? 
Remember, the MiG-29, like our B-52, has gone through a lot of modifications. And the last time I checked, I think there's at least 30 countries that use the MiG-29 in their air forces and not as museum items to this day. It's not as up-to-date as what the Russians have, but it's a hell of a lot better than nothing. And this, I'm going to get into some of the debate I had with this guy. But he came onto my page and tried to give me a history lesson. Let me tell you something. You want to come onto my page and give me a history lesson? You better have all five barrels cocked. Now, I don't know everything, but I know a hell of a lot more than people that come on and try and tell me what happened during World War II. And that just goes over me like a lead balloon especially when you're talking through your ass, of which I went through a lot of that in construction. And as many times as I wanted to say, why are you talking through your ass? Why don't you pull your head out? I really did have to temper it and phrase it appropriately that my point was taken, but still had the same impact that they knew when the meeting was done that I had called them a dumbass without actually doing it, and they better pull their head out or we're going to have a real big problem. Well, that's the way I look at it. When someone comes onto my page and starts trying to school me, and they and then they start becoming a windshield wiper and try and get off point. Remember where I talked about staying in your lane? Well, this guy couldn't stay in his lane because I was just bitch slapping him all the way down and he didn't realize it. And when he finally did, he was like, no shit. Cause his parting comment was you have a nice evening of which he took down. I always have a nice evening. This doesn't consume me. But when I post something that I know is historically accurate, don't come on and tell me, I don't know what I'm talking about just so you think you do, because you really don't. The more you type, the worse it gets. So let's see. Uh, what were some of his remarks on this foolish exchange? Uh, let's see here. We and our allies are supplying the Ukrainians with a lot of weapons, most of them notably the anti-tank and anti-aircraft missiles, and especially the new switchblade, UAVs. Up till now, this advanced tech was prohibited for sale to any of our allies. And I didn't pull the whole thing up there. Well, my response to that was they are now because he said that Biden, that because I put in there that he half-heartedly, along with NATO, they half-heartedly supported Ukraine, and they did. It was pathetic. They didn't get excited until... The Russians actually moved in. Why do you think they had their troops sitting on the border? You think the Germans were sitting on the Polish border for their amusement or they were sitting on the Russian border for their amusement? Uh, no. They were going to invade. And if it was only a maneuver and we beefed up the Ukrainian forces, hey, they backed off. Did they back off because it was a maneuver? Because they realized 
they were going to pay an extremely high price to try and obtain their objectives. Okay, what were some of the other things he said? My response was they are now. Well, perhaps Biden should cut off military aid to Ukraine. That was what President Trump did, remember? Oh, and then he has in parentheses, he, he, you know, you dumbass, you absolute dumbass. That is not what happened. Biden under Obama is the one that threatened, you're not getting your aid if you don't get rid of this guy. Trump did the same thing. Ukraine got their billion dollars. Well, when he made that statement there, it's like, you are so full of it. You, you can't even remember recent past history. You remember that? That's what he was impeached. He was impeached over that phone call. That was the first impeachment. He, he. What is he, he? I guess we're back in elementary school. Hindsight is 2020. Remember that everyone was shocked when Putin invaded. I wasn't shocked, and any military man of his salt wasn't shocked. He was. CNN was. MSNBC was. What, do you think the Russians were parking on the border to build museums or something? That is such a serious case of dumbassery, it can't even be described. When put in, in Florida, when he did an all-out invasion, well, let's see, you used invaded and all-out invasion. So which is it? I guess when the Germans had Operation Barbarossa in June 22nd of 1941, it was they invaded and then it was an all-out invasion. No, it was an all-out invasion, you moron. The stupidity just kills me. If you're attacking President Biden for not having psychic powers to see the future, I'll have to concede that your ironclad logic has bested me. You're damn right it bested you. And Robert Smith and I, we really didn't get into that, but when troops mass on the border, they're going to do something. And it's not playing tiddlywinks or hopscotch, you moron. Idiot. Good Lord. Now, sadly, I'm getting consumed and I'm getting aggravated. I need to go back and read the seven steps of surviving the Trump presidency so I can calm down and take a pill. I'll get too disturbed. Okay. And my response was, uh, no, Trump didn't. He did hold up the funds for over a month, but at least he didn't threaten Ukraine like Biden did when he was VP. Or have you forgotten that? Yeah, he'd forgotten that. And I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but where is his BS response? Oh, this is what really got me. I was talking about how the MIGs could be ferried to Poland. They'd have to be under fighter escort because they wouldn't, they couldn't come over armed. But they could arm them in Ukraine. Incidentally, regarding Lendley's, Google destroys for bases. When he did that, it's like, you don't follow my page. You don't understand that I understand what Lendlease and the Murmansk convoys were all about. And what he doesn't understand, 
is how many American merchant marines died taking supplies to Russia and Britain. Yes, we had bases for destroyers. Well, when I brought up the MiG-29s, he said, well, that'd be like uh, sending them Sopwith camels. Those destroyers we gave Britain in 1940 were World War I obsolete destroyers, which blew his argument out of the water. And yeah, I bested him again on that. But the British didn't care. They needed ships to protect those convoys. And if they'd have been dinghies, that could have found a submarine that he used those. They were in dire straits because the U-boats were just obliterating those convoys. And I told him, in is so many words, shut the hell up. And it was just, it's like, oh, good Lord, it was so ridiculous. Why did I continue with the debate? Because he came onto my page. And when he ran out, well, what was the last one? Oh, that, uh, let's see, in this case, press doesn't matter because we're talking about the Russian fighter, the Polish fighters that they bought from Germany, or at least who Germany bought them from Russia. Yeah, figure that out because the MiG is a Russian jet. Are very, the Russians are very proficient at elementary spy stuff, and their network would inform them immediately. And we were talking about them taking off, say, if they were at Ramstein. Well, first he said Fox News would be the one to film it. And I said, oh, like CNN did when we landed in Somalia? Oh, you forgot about that. Don't come onto my page unless you got all five barrels cocked. But he didn't like that. So then he says, well, their spy agency will detect the planes taking off. Yeah, like the... Uh, what are there? The FSB and the MVD notified Moscow that Trump was going to hit the airbase in Syria. Uh, no, Trump told Russia that I'm going to hit your airbase in Syria because you're supporting Assad. And if you don't want your people killed, I suggest you get the hell out of town. And they did. And did they go back to that airbase? No. So once again, He's trying to dodge and deflect and come up with, after he made this statement that was going to be Fox News that reports it, it was a waste of time. It was a waste of time. And he hasn't surfaced back. Hallelujah. Maybe he got an education. I don't know. But don't come on my page unless you... You are informed of what's going on. If you are informed and you're a liberal, I'll debate you, but I will do it civilly. I saw that on one of my comments. Uh, one of the memories popped up where I was having a good debate. A lot of liberals were engaged in it. Doesn't mean I agreed with them, but we all stipulated our facts. Well, one of my friends got on there and said, I really wish you would get rid of these people because they're angering me. And then she called out one of my friends and I said, you can't, no, don't do that here. 
this is a very intelligent person, and I'm not talking about the one that I was just debating with here. I said, he's very intelligent. I appreciate and respect his comments. Don't come in here and say that about him because you don't know him and I do. Well, I think she got a little flustered, but that's okay. Because I had one debate where these two guys were just going at it. One was conservative, one was a liberal. And I had to say, hey, boys, that's enough. You take that shit elsewhere. Don't bring that onto my page or I'll delete both of you. <clears throat> well, the liberal got his panties in a wad. And, <clears throat> well, what did you do about him? And I said, well, maybe if you go back and look, you'd find out. His comments, like yours, have been erased. You're not bringing that onto my page. I'm very specific about that. I was direct. You do this, you pay the price. You both paid the price in your comments. You take that up on your page. Do it on your own time. Don't do it on mine. I'm not putting up with it. You got it. If you have something to add to the discussion or the debate and you can be civil, let's do it. If you can't, I'll get you off. I don't have to put up with it. And I think both of them unfriended me. Like I care because you can't be civil. <clears throat> of course, that brings up Wes and I being civil, talking about the Dallas Cowboys, which, yeah, that ain't going to happen. But when it's all said and done, we can drink a beer, laugh about it, and move on. Okay. I'm going to go back to surviving the Trump presidency. Enough of this debate with the liberal. Baseball update. <clears throat> so the owners and the players finally pulled their heads out and got it together. <clears throat> That's a good thing. My friend Bears would be happy. He has the best seat in the house now. Uh, he can watch any game anytime he wants to, and he doesn't have to buy a ticket. I will miss him coming to my room or me going to his and talking baseball, but here we go. So the Rangers' first spring training game was yesterday and ended in a 5-5 five to five tie. That's fine. It's spring training. This is game one. And the lineup was Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager. There's the $500 million package. Nathaniel Lowe. Cole Calhoun, Nick Solak, I'm surprised Nick's still there, Jose Trevino, Leody Tavares, Eli White, Davis Wenzel. That's who was in the field. I'm not familiar with David Wenzel, the other ones I am. The pitching schedule was Jake Latz, Cody Bradford, Jake Leiter, Matt Bush, Daniel Robert, and Jesus Tinoco. Well, the one everyone is watching is Jack Leiter. His, his sixth inning was spotless. His seventh inning, he gave up three runs. 
that's okay. These guys have only been in camp a week. Now, even though they're backing up the season opening day a week, that's one thing Wes and I have discussed is the uh, injuries. And I might actually do that is see what the injury board looks like on pitchers right now and what it's going to look like at the all-star break because I'm afraid a lot of these guys are going to wind up there. And for those who follow the Rangers, the story on LeClerc is he's and Hernandez, they're supposed to be back in June. And if you remember, LeClerc signed a three-year whopping deal because he was going to be our closer. And then he had Tommy John surgery, and uh, we haven't seen him since. So we'll see how that works out. But they're playing, and that's a good thing. Oh, so, you know, wasn't a stellar start for Jack, but hey, you got to get your feet wet. You're going to get beat up. It's just like Connor Brogdon who I've been talking about for the last two years. And he made the Phillies roster last year and had a really good year, but he had some rough outings. And his worst one was in San Francisco. He just got hammered and it killed his ERA. But if you took that game out, he had a stunning season for a rookie. He really did. So I will be curious to see how Connor performs in his second year in the majors. And if that changeup he's got, which is really just nasty, it is ugly, and the hitters haven't figured it out. So we'll see if they figured out how to get around and put that ball in play. And if they do, I'll tip my hat to them because as long as – I mean, the bottom falls out of this pitch. It's just it, – it's like – and it's not a knuckleball, but it, it's just wicked. It's an off-speed pitch, and the bottom falls out, and it's sliding away, and the hitters don't know what to do with it. We need a Connor Brogdon in our bullpen, but that won't happen because we have John Daniels running the team, and that's just appallingly bad. Nothing good to say about him. Oh, news pundits. God, I'm going to get worked up again. What is that note there? Democratic sacrifice need more. I can't even read my handwriting. That's okay. Well, as you know, I try and make a comment about the news pundits. And I try not to watch the news. But as we discussed at dinner last night, I have to watch some of it to be half-ass informed because that's all I'm getting is half-assery out of that box. Oh. And watching CNN, that, that, that's just painful, too. But not a word on the laptop from CNN or and MSNBC that the New York Times had to recant their story from 2020 that the whole thing was bogus and there was nothing on the laptop. Now they've said it's true. Well, the election's over. 
So, of course, you can say that with no consequences. Because you're not, who's going to sue him over that? We're still waiting for Kyle Rittenhouse, though. I can't wait to see who they go after. That's going to be epic. That's Those networks and even Joe Biden have got to be shitting in their pants about who's he coming after and how much are they coming for. That's going to be epic. But uh, at least Fox did report on that. But Harris Faulkner, go away. Why do you think you have to come up with all these adjectives and describing Vladimir Putin? It doesn't serve a purpose. And yelling in the camera doesn't serve a purpose. Are you going to talk to me or talk at me? Well, she is talking at me. So where's that? Where's that? Change the channel. I'm not watching this crap. And then half the time she gets her guests on there and they blow her out of the water and she doesn't know how to handle that. And I saw that with Carlson the other night where he had, uh, what was her name? Representative Salazar. I mean, it reminded me of Bill O'Reilly, no, of Sean Hannity. When they ask a question and the guest is trying to answer it, and then they talk over because they're not getting the answer that they want. And that's what he was doing with Salazar the whole time. Well, at the end of it, he, you know, in his real quiet voice, well, I really appreciate her coming on because it's in, in this day and age, it's hard to get people to, come on a show and speak their mind. Now, she's a Republican, but she has differing views. And then the next night, what does he do? He makes fun of her and he slams her. And I'm thinking, hey, dumbass, that's why you can't get guests to come on because you're stabbing them in the back the next night when they can't defend themselves. Wake up. You're running out of steam, Tucker. Quit laughing in your stories. I don't remember Brinkley or Hunt or Cronkite laughing. I don't, and I'm really sick of the opinions. That, that's all, the monologue. I don't need a monologue. Give me the news. It's pathetic. And, and what was really funny, it was yesterday, Sandra and Bill were talking, and Bill asked Sandra a question on a number, and she goes, well, I don't have that right in front of me. And if you saw the camera, it pulled back and their papers all over their desk. And it's like, well, wouldn't that be vital information for the topics you're covering? You've got all these papers on your desk, and you, but you can't seem to find anything. What the hell? That's all for show. I thought that was just laughable. So you've got all these papers to make it look like you're prepared. But then when you... When the two anchors start talking to each other, they're ill-prepared. What a joke. And look at how much money, look it up, see how much money those two are making and they're not prepared for their own show because it's not a news broadcast. It's just a show. They're all idiots, just idiots. And I watched News Nation last night. I guess, uh, MC Hammer's back in style because this Nicole Berry, 
I don't know who picked out her wardrobe, but they look like clown pants. I actually thought they'd blown them up with there and she was going to float off the stage or something. It's like, what a horrible look. Who came up with that? Bozo? Bozo and Ronald McDonald would have been caught dead in those. I think MC Hammer would have said, uh, hey, babe, that ain't a good look on you. And it wasn't. It, it was horrible. Looked like. Her legs were the Hindenburg or something. It was ridiculous. Ridiculous. Oh. And I do love the meme of Kaylee McNaheny and Jen Pisaki. You got a Junker versus a Ferrari. Yeah, there's a lot of truth in that. And, you know, they always talked about how Sarah and Kaylee were just lying and covering up. Well, if you watch any of Pasaki, I mean, when her mouth moves, she's lying. And she doesn't answer anything. And if she can't answer it or isn't prepared, like most of the news anchors, well, why don't you go talk to them? No, because we're here talking to you about it, and it's your job to inform us. Kaylee didn't say that. Sarah didn't say that. What happened to this... Uh, angry press pool oh they've all been put on notice that if, if you're not nice to jen you won't get to come to the adult table i wouldn't want to be at the adult table if i was allowed just to get into that press pool i would sit there and while she was answering and spouting off her bs i'd go why do you lie are you what how much are you paid to lie when you open your mouth because you have not answered a question when obviously the Secret Service would escort me out. But it's like, I'm not leaving until somebody asks a really hard question and just keeps hammering on her until we get some answers. This is such crap. It is. Yeah, it is a junker to a Ferrari. Not only in looks, but in intelligence. And I found a little snippet on the Parkland shooting. Remember that in 2018? Well, guess what? The government had to settle for $127.5 million because a tip came into the main FBI office, but they failed to send it to the South Florida office. But the disclaimer is we're not accepting we're not accepting any blame or responsibility. We just felt this was an adequate number for the 13 family or 16 families, I think, that filed one bit. Well, that's because the FBI was too worried about looking into Donald Trump. But for them to make this settlement and then say, uh, but we're not saying we did anything wrong. What type of crap is that? If you got a tip and didn't pass it on, you're accountable. But you didn't hear that broadcast across the news, did you? Uh-uh. Gee, I wonder why. And we've already talked about the laptop and the New York, New York Times recanting. 
Oh. It's just insanity. And I'll get into more insanity in a minute. But, uh, you know, we're hearing now how you, somehow Ukrainians are wanting to come to the United States under asylum. And they've got to go through a process. They have to do it legally. Well, why the hell do they have to do it legally when the southern border is nothing but a sieve? And none of them are doing it legally. What's the difference? Is it because they're white? Because they're not oppressed? I believe they're being oppressed right now. But the one thing that really amazes me, and this could upset my Mexican friends. Not really, because I know how I stand about it. How many of these Ukrainians have you seen can speak English? It's not great English, but they can speak it. Yet, we allow people into this country and tell them they don't have to speak it. Explain that. English isn't the first language in Eastern Europe, but they speak it. So why can't it be the first language in the United States? Why do we have to have bilingual schools? Why do we have to make it easy? Because people don't want to abide by our customs. Yes, the Germans did it. The Italians did it. The French did it. The British did it. We still don't know what English they speak. The Russians did it. Those that came to the United States for a better life, they might have spoken their native tongue in their household, but they knew to fit in and succeed in the United States, you had to speak English. Why is that such a difficult concept to grasp? I don't get it. I mean, you see it in The Godfather, where they're speaking Italian amongst themselves or Sicilian. They're speaking their native tongue, but out in public, they're speaking English because they have to communicate with everyone, not just this small sect. And I am so sick of the Mexicans that refuse to learn English and then complain that we don't learn Spanish. Well, I'll tell you what, you wanna learn English, I'll give Spanish a try. Until that time, not interested. Call someone who cares, because it sure the hell ain't me. Okay, before I get into the State of the Union uh, address, I know it's late, it's been a month, but it's still valid. I called a friend of mine that I hadn't talked to since this summer, and I'm not sure if he's listening. He said he had nothing else to do today, but uh, I've known him for, that's got to be 15 years. I always scared him. You know, Patty, you think I'm picking on you. You ain't saying shit. This is a really good friend, and 
when he answered the phone, said, hello. My reply was, I'm sitting outside your front door. You could hear the silence and the fear in his silence. He's like, oh, shit. Because I did this when I went back to Tulsa back in 2005 and called him up and really shook him up that I was going to come down and see him because he had said something that disturbed me. So according to his wife and his kids, he spent the night looking out the windows, waiting for my truck to show up. Patty, you don't have that problem. Well, that's how I started our conversation. And just that, like he said, that millisecond, he's like, oh, no, no, no. And then it dawned on him that his dog wasn't barking and going frantic. So if the dog isn't frantic, then there's no one out front. And he breathed a huge sigh of relief, but all he could say was, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Well, we had a three-hour conversation, and we discussed it all, and he must he laughed more than he talked because I can't get into all the specifics of that, that discussion, but a lot of it centered around his wife, which I would tell him the same things with his wife standing right there. And there was one particular instance where he couldn't figure out how to get even with her on something. And I said, well, son, here's what you do. Just cut her off. And she was like, what? What did you say? And I said, Prime, just, you know, take cold showers, cut her off. It'll be okay. Don't worry. Don't you tell my husband to do that. It's like, yeah, but five minutes ago, you threatened him with it. Well, that's different. I said, no, it's not. It is the same thing. She goes, I don't want you talking to my husband anymore. I said, well, then you shouldn't have introduced us because the gates are open and we are just going to have all types of fun. But I mean, it was three hours of catching up and telling bad jokes and making more fun of him than me because it's just he's one of those that would say well I had a thought and it's like well that's why you're not doing anything you had a thought and it scared you so try something else but the main part of that was through the conversation well I meant to call and I thought about calling it's like well what are you doing oh i've been watching star trek discovery and it's like well put a bullet in your head that's the one where they made stacy abrams president of united earth there'd be nothing united under that thing stacy abrams that's just a joke but if you haven't talked to what you would classify as good friends in a while. Why? Do you waiting for them to call you? And I actually heard two good stories. Well, they're not good stories, but 
Sharon shared one last night, and then a friend of mine on Facebook shared one. And Sharon had a real good friend and was talking to her. And that friend said that uh, she wasn't going anywhere. And she did. She passed away the next day. Well, the same thing happened with this friend of mine that posted it on Facebook this morning. That uh, this was her mentor. This was her uh, worship guy. The one who was teaching her on the Bible. She talked to him on St. Patrick's Day. She'll never talk to him again. Just out of the blue, both of these people passed with my friend Bears, Debbie, and my dad, and Larry, and some others. Well, I knew their time was coming, so I spent as much time as I could with them or talking to them. My dad, he wasn't that proactive, and a couple of his good friends passed before he ever made that last phone call. And then he had to deal with that. And he goes, I should have. And I just look at him and say, you should have. Why didn't you? I got busy. Are we really that busy? That you can't pick up the phone and call someone thinking that they might call you. What, what are you waiting for? Christmas? These people waited a day and they're gone but at least I got to talk to them. Now, if you got any comments on that, the number is 888-627-6008 or 323-744-4831. Um, I was really upset <clears throat> with my friend Brian over the summer because he came down with COVID and it damn near killed him. And his wife came down with COVID. In fact, if you listen to that episode in the summer, he said what happened to him. And it was bad. He was hospitalized. I believe he said a month. It was bad. But I had tried to call him multiple times without a return call. So that was good. But I think he kind of learned, answer your phone. Or pick up that phone and call someone. But uh, it was good to spend three hours with them and just have a great time. Because when I first met them, and I lived in Plano. The whole family came over and they walked in the front door and I said, cell phones, turn them off. Put them up on the, put them up on the counter. Turn off any other device you have, turn off the TV, turn off the computer. And they looked at me in utter shock. What the hell are we supposed to do? I said, we're going to listen to music. I'm going to cook dinner. We might play a board game, but we're going to enjoy each other's company. And we can't do it with all these distractions. And we called it family night. And once a week, they would come over. And they really enjoyed it because they were taking a break and getting away from it, decompressing and relaxing. 
And you can't do that with all of the devices and all the distractions that are in front of us today. So turn it off. And if that means reading a book, hopefully one of mine. If not, any book, recharge, relax, take a pill. Because you don't know how many days you got left. And don't shorten those days by being all worked up. I mean, yeah, there's talk of nuclear war. If you watch the media, okay. And Fox has been one of the biggest ones talking about it that, that I can see. I'm not worried about it. I live in Dallas, Texas. If Putin fired a warhead, I'm going to be nothing but dust. I'll never, I might see the flash. That's going to be about it. Because I'm only 10 miles from downtown Dallas, which is a target. Really think Putin wants to do that? You really think his generals are going to authorize release of nuclear weapons and the extinction of mankind because that's basically what it would be because these are hydrogen bombs but I'm not going to spend my days worried about it I mean I was too young and was it 61, 62 in the Cuban Missile Crisis I learned about it but it's not going to dictate my life. I will continue to do what I do and we'll take it one day at a time. And that's what our fathers and grandfathers had to do in World War One and World War Two, Korea, Vietnam, a day at a time. I mean, if ever the world was in crisis, it was World War II. Then you have the Cold War. Throw that in there. Yeah, we did the drills, but I didn't live in fear, and I saw the posters. You know, if you see the flash, kiss your ass goodbye. Well, that was that era. But it didn't consume me, and it didn't have me living in fear. And that's why I enjoy Friday night. Because you get to relax. Yeah, we're going to talk about some of the pressing issues. But it isn't going to consume us. And if I didn't pick on you, Patty, where would the humor be? And that's why I do it. Because you can take it and it's comic relief for everyone. That's why I do it, not because I'm mean. Well, maybe just a little bit, but not all that much. Okay. State of the Union address, because we didn't get to get into this last time. Uh, the current deficit is $30 trillion. Now, put it on your calendar. 
Joe said he'd cut it by a trillion. So that means this time next year, the deficit should be 29 children, 29 trillion. Are we taking bets? This is going to, we're the fact checkers because in a year they're going to forget about this. He's going to go after the shipping container companies. Are you kidding me? There's what, six worldwide? You're going to go after them? Well, that'll definitely bring inflation down, you moron. It's going to jack it through the roof. If you put tariffs on them and find them, they're just going to pass it on to everything they're shipping. There's something else for the fact checkers. I bet they don't follow up on that. Lower prescription drug prices. Well, Trump did that with insulin. Trump tried to do that. Obama said he was going to do that. So who's going to do it? Uh-huh. Nothing new there. 75% of Americans are fully vaccinated. Not according to John Hopkins at 65.1. There you go, fact checkers. Did anybody come out on that? And you know why there aren't any fact checkers on what Biden's saying now? Because I looked it up and the company that was doing it, was it CNN? Shit, I forgot. But they said it's just too expensive to continue doing that. Oh, what a bunch of crap. They had a list of what was it, like 25,000 lies Trump told? Well, that's because it supported their narrative. But it sure the hell wouldn't support it now because that's all Biden's done. They'd probably have to triple their staff on fact-checking him and his pathetic administration. Going to cut child care. No, wait a minute. How? That's private. That's private industry. That's capitalism. Are you going to start, are you going to take them over and subsidize them? Or are you just going to subsidize them? Does that mean they're going to have to renegotiate their rates with the government? And who pays for that if the government subsidizes them? Yeah, you think the deficit's going to go down, is going to be $29 trillion this time next year? Wrong. Oh, secure the border. I don't even need to comment on that. Okay. He talked about the war on drugs. And he's going to stop it. Reagan came up with the drugs are. This has been a dismal failure for 40 years. And if anything, Trump's border wall and his policies that were already on the books kept it manageable. All you've got is a sieve. What a lie. There's another one for the fact checkers. And I love this comment on hold law enforcement accountable for their actions but provide more funding, rounding up criminals. Do you see the oxymoron in that? That's worse than military intelligence. We know 
that there's a small percentage of bad cops. But in his speech, well, we're going to hold them accountable for everything they do, but we're going to round up all the criminals. Well, you're not doing it now. You haven't. It hasn't been happening since 2020 because of all of your wokeness and the BS policies that Democrats passed in New York and St. Louis and Dallas and L.A. and Seattle and Portland, Chicago and Minneapolis. Pathetic. You can't have it both ways. Yes, you hold accountable that 1%. Well, then why aren't you rounding up the criminals now? And why do they need more funding from the federal government? They have their own budgets to work with. Dumbass. Ugh. That's a state issue. But the way it's going, it's going to become a federal issue because it hasn't gotten a lot of airtime. But a Lori Light Ledfoot, Lori Ledfoot of Chicago when she should have called for help when Trump was president to quell the violence, she didn't. But then she did make a request six months ago to, or three months ago to Biden. And what have they done? Nothing. Yeah, there's one, another one for the fact checkers. So what are we up to? Seven right now. And he's going to cut cancer deaths by 50% in 25 years. Well, I had forgotten this, but a friend brought it to my attention that Obama had already put him in charge of this program. What a ridiculous claim. This is what science does. This is what colleges and universities do. This is what the medical departments are set up for. There are more cancer hospitals in this country than just a regular hospital. And as I I can claim a cancer survivor, what is the president going to do? Give them more money? Like they did Wuhan? What a ridiculous claim. We're the fact checkers. They're they're out in the back playing tiddlywinks or pitching pennies. Oh. Oh, and he said that uh, it's the second leader in deaths. That's not true. Because everyone overlooks one. And that first year that I was running the COVID numbers put on my Facebook each Sunday. It's number three. Abortions, number one. Heart disease is number two. And cancer is number three. But everybody wants to overlook number one. And I won't even get into that. Now, what I did really like about the speech, if COVID is under control and no mask for the most part weren't worn and they weren't during the address, then 
why were they doing social distancing in the chamber? Why were they doing it? If it's under control, there was an empty seat. What was that all about? But it's under control. Try again. Corporate tax rate to 15%. That's going to help our battle of inflation. Think about that. And, you know, I couldn't help, but looking at Pelosi, was she auditioning for the part of Wilma Flintstone? And Harris looked like a Jamaican jumping bean. And Schumer, I guess he was missing his prompts. He didn't know if he was supposed to stand or sit up, stand or sit up and then clap. What a collection of clowns. Ringling Brothers didn't have this under the big top. And we've got it in the White House. What the hell? I don't get it. And, you know, this is old news. You know, why are we still buying fuel from Russia? When Ukraine, when Russia invaded, it should have been right there. Everything stops. Not this long, drawn-out plan. They invaded. Everyone talked big about the repercussions. Well, every one of those should have been hit on day one of the invasion. Everything. But it was poor planning. They weren't prepared, as my liberal associate said, that they were shocked. There was no shock about it. Not idiots. Everything should have been stopped right there. Everything. Banking, relations, economy, all of it, fuel, it's done. It's cut. The taps are off today. No, they just keep dragging it on and dragging it on, the idiots. And, you know, he's tapped into the Federal Reserve, Strategic Petroleum Reserve, twice. Anyone commented on if it's been replenished? Probably not, because since we won't, he won't let us produce it here at home, we've got to beg Russia and China and OPEC and Venezuela to help us out. What a moron. We didn't need any help in World War II, and we don't need the help now. We need to do it here. Green energy will evolve on its own. But I guess you're going to bankrupt the country before we get to that point. And you, the economy will crash. We'll have a recession that puts 1929 to shame because of utter stupidity. And so I did see one guy post Directive 10-289, which if you've read the book, Atlas Shrugs, or seen the movies, you know what I'm talking about. And it's complete government control. In fact, I don't, let's say, job creation, my ass, yeah. He's talking about price freezes. We went through that with Nixon, if you remember. And it didn't work out because the minute those controls were lifted, inflation spiked and the prime interest rate got up to right under 22%. 
because we were having rampant inflation with the slowdown and the drawback on the Vietnam War. Nixon didn't know how to handle it. His economic advisors couldn't figure it out. So they came up with price freezes and they were like 90 days or 120. And the minute they took those moratoriums off, prices just shot through the roof again and just kept going. It was horrible. And Biden thinks that's going to stop inflation. How about a history lesson, Joe? It's going to ramp it up, you moron. Good Lord. Good Lord. Now, this, this is in my wheelhouse that I'm getting to next. He said 66,000 miles of roads and 1,500 bridges are going to be rebuilt. Now, that's impressive. And, of course, everyone in the house, oh, yeah, yeah, big applause, big applause. Do you all understand what it would cost to redo 66,000 miles and 1,500 bridges? Absolutely not. And when you think about it, there's 47,000 miles. Let's say, yeah. There, no, that's not wrong. I've got a wrong number. I need to check that. Oh, there's 47,000 in the interstate system. He's going to rebuild the entire interstate system? Because he said 66,000. Well, there's 4.3 million overall travel highways in the United States. Well, think about that. Now, while you're pondering that, do you know what it would cost to redo 66,000 miles? And I'm using the 183 extension, which ran is like $4 billion. Three to $4 billion. It's like 12 miles long. So I use that because that was a complete redo. If I use those numbers and put it on 66,000 miles, it comes out to $22.2 trillion. $22.2 trillion. So what roads are they going to rebuild? I'd really like to know. Is this just patchwork money? And 1,500 bridges? Well, a bridge, good Lord, there's 617,000 in the United States, of which 46,000 are structurally deficient. And he's going to rebuild 1,500. And if you saw when they signed that bill, the $1.2 trillion package, that the one behind him, that's what they were going to rebuild. Well, that's all they're going to be able to rebuild. That's like a 20-ton bridge that has one span as an old suspension. Those are easy. You can prefab those, but you can't rebuild the bridge going across the Mississippi or the Missouri or the Ohio or the Trinity. You're not going to do 1,500 of those. And these are the ones we're talking about, but he's going to make the infrastructure that much. But, oh, and I forgot, 
that's also going to include airports and our ports. No, no, no. So what is in there that they plan to do? Well, clean water. This is in billions. 55, internet, 65. So it's we're gonna it's it's more important to have internet than clean water. Now think about that for a minute. Roads, 110 billion. I just told you it's gonna cost 22.2 trillion to do 66,000 miles, but they're generous in 110 billion. I don't know what bridge they're gonna do. Maybe, maybe we're gonna build wooden bridges. I, I don't know. Bridge over the river Kwai. Hell no, that still costs more than this. What lunacy. Uh, transit, 39. Transportation, 89. Ports, 17. Airports, 25. High speed, 66. But wait. Oh, we finally got a number there. 66 for high rail, but 65 for internet. But clean water, we only need 55 billion. It's, it's nuts. Uh, charging stations, 7.5. Power stations, 65. Natural disaster. Now, this was a really bizarre one. Natural disaster on climate change gets $50 billion for what? FEMA? It's just ridiculous. And then and, and cleanups. And this was the capping of the old wells and all this that he talked about when he campaigned. That gets $21 billion. So you got $21 billion for cleanup. You got $50 billion for natural disaster. But you only got $55 billion for clean water. Now you figure out what their priorities are. And the shocker of it is when you add all of that up, there's still $389.6 billion unaccountable. And he wants to build back better my ass. My ass. And I mean, I've given you plenty of the points that I come up with on the State of the Union address that you can revisit in a year and see how many lies come pouring forth in that one. Because all of this is going to be forgotten. All of the stuff he said here, the media is going to forget. Well, you've, if you subscribe, you've got it. You can fall back to it and say, damn, if Dawson wasn't right. Because I'm looking at it with a historical perspective. Now, the one thing I am sick of in Congress, of course, there's a lot there, isn't there? But it's during the State of the Union address, and I don't give a damn which party is giving the speech. They all need to sit down, act like adults, and shut up. This ridiculous standing ovation stuff is high school and junior high. We're not at a pep rally, but that's what it's turned into. Get up there, give your speech, and then let people applaud. But, you know, 
Trump, you could tell when he was giving his State of the Unions, where he expected applause at times and it didn't happen and he got ruffled. Well, Donald, too bad. Wham, wham. Get over it. Move on. Give the speech. And then let them stay. If they want to stand for 25 minutes and applaud you, fine. I bet they won't because it's going to be like a ball game. The show's over. We'll give an applause. It'll last two to three minutes and then we're going home. Because all it does is drag this speech out. It doesn't change anyone's mind. Like I said, Kamala looked like a Jamaican jumping bean or whatever her nationality is. And Pelosi's face, she looked like Wilma. Actually, she looked like the Joker from the uh, Batman movie that had gone through the chemical plant because look at her lips were peeled back. Looked like her teeth were going to pop out of her mouth. I can actually do that because I do have a partial. But it's just a joke. It's a clown show. Republican or Democrat, enough of this crap. These are supposed to be adults. These are supposed to be intelligent people running our government. When I watch these standing ovations, it's just these are the most ignorant people I've ever met in my life. Sit down, be an adult, and shut up. And if you're the president, you go through, you stand up there and say, just keep your seats until I get through the speech. And if somebody wants to stand up and make a show so the camera zeroes in on them, say, sit down, sit down. Save it till the end, just like they do these pathetic presidential debates we have. Hold your applause until the end. Because all you're doing is interrupting, getting in the way, and and wasting time. I believe I mentioned that in my seminar at the beginning of this episode. You're wasting time. You're wasting my time and my money. Well, that's what we do when everyone stands up and has to applaud for 30 seconds to two minutes. It's like, all he said was, I farted. That's a standing ovation. It's like watching Bill Maher which, God, I hate to say I did today, but I had to watch an episode of it just to see what BS was coming out of his mouth. If they didn't have prompters in that studio, they'd be nothing but crickets going off because his jokes are flat. They're not funny. His comments are ignorant. But these people in the audience, they must have cattle prods, electric cattle prods in the seats that if you don't stand up and applaud and cheer and shout, oh, who, 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 You're going to get it up your ass. It's pathetic. It's pathetic. All right. Where are we on time? I got seven minutes. Robert Smith and I talked about the tactics and that the Russians are using in Ukraine, which have been pathetic. The war should have been over in three days if the war would have been executed properly. But there was too much land to carry. The Russians don't have, remember, Germany invaded Russia with three million men. They invaded Poland with a million, but they were on one front. And then Russia came in and took a portion of Poland. But Germany hit Poland in 39 with a million men. That's what the Russians have. They have a 2 million reserve. 
but they got a million on the front. Well, not all of them are fighting troops. As Robert pointed out, it takes at least five to six men to, or women, to support the troops up front. One soldier takes five to six people to keep them in the field. The media went nuts when Russia sent cruise missiles, not ballistic, but cruise missiles to Lviv because it's 11 miles from the Polish border. If it was one mile from the Polish border, it's still in Ukraine and it is a military target. And I talked about this. I posted it on Facebook. Because the weather is going to start turning. I didn't check the forecast for Kiev uh, today. But the weather is about to turn in the next two weeks. It's going to turn that country into a morass of mud of which nothing will move. That road you saw that convoy trapped on north of Kiev, that wasn't a paved road. That won't be passable. Nothing will be. Putin knows this. So he fires missiles at Lviv. Why? Because it's a staging area. There's an air force there. It's where, and the media has actually said they've been carrying out exercises since Ukraine became a country at this base. It's a target. Militarily, that's a smart move. You're going to hit it, hoping that you catch planes on the ground or munitions and supplies on the ground and can destroy them so they can't be loaded up and brought to the front line. But if you listen to the media, and this is where I just about lost it with Harris Faulkner. I heard that. It's like a mad cat or something on, on the screen. It's a valid military target. Do you understand that? You're hitting the supply line. That's what the Blitzkrieg was designed to do. That's what the Stukas did. They hit bases behind the line, knocked out communication centers, took out rail lines, took out bridges, went to where troops were supposedly forming up so they would be demoralized and disoriented so they couldn't get to the front. While the armor sliced through the lines, tried to encircle large pockets of the Polish army, and the infantry moved forward with heavy artillery support. Lviv is a valid target. It really is that simple. But listening to the media, oh, no, it's not. Yes, it is. Idiots. Historically inept uneducated, overly educated, diploma, toilet paper, walls, stupid. It is a valid target. And we brought this up at dinner last night. So let's say one of those missiles inadvertently hit Poland. Does that mean NATO declares war on Russia? Well, let's go back to the Cuban Missile Crisis when one of our fighter jets was shot down by the Russians. 
when Kennedy got that report, I mean, the military was up in arms. But JFK, unlike Biden, had a brain. He could think things through. I don't know if Biden's people could think this through today. We could have gone to war with Russia over one plane being shot down. Now, historically, does that make sense? No. Kennedy wanted all the facts before he made a decision. Would he have taken us to war over that? History proves he would not. Now, with this administration, I'm more afraid of what they'll do than what Putin would do. I mean, I thought Chamberlain was bad for Great Britain before, you know, when World War II broke, before it broke out, and all the appeasement he was doing with Hitler. You know, all this crap that Trump was Putin's puppet and he was in bed with them. Hell, Maurer was talking about that shit today. Shut the hell up, Bill Maurer. And I hope somehow you get to listen to this because you were the one that was spouting after Trump lost. We need to bring all the Trump people into the fold. Well, the more your show goes on, the worse it gets. You don't want, you're just as divisive as you were. You're just trying to tone it down a little, but the only people you're fooling are those idiots in your audience and the hardcore liberals. Other than that, a reasonable, logical, analytical American realizes you're just talking through your ass. And that's it. But yeah, it's about to change because the rut. Putzita is coming. And everything's going to change. I don't see Russia breaking out of what they're bogged down in, whether it's around Kharkov or Odessa or Kiev. They are bogged down. And it's just getting worse because the temperature is rising. I did see that which means the ground is starting to thaw and won't take the weight of armored vehicles. So, yeah, it's turning. And it's not turning good for the Russians. Which, that's a good thing. War is horrible. We know that. But we can't get involved in this. We can supply everything that is possible, including MiG-29s. Let the Ukrainians come over and pick them up. Work out a Lend-Lease deal and say, hey, it's valid. It'll hold up. But the one thing I don't like is all of this. You know, you want to piss off a dictator? Keep calling him a war criminal. Keep stoking that fire. That was the dumbest thing. You know, Trump said a lot of dumb things. But for Biden, 
to come out and call Vladimir Putin a war criminal, you really think there's going to be a uh, channel of negotiations? You think Putin's going to listen to Biden anymore or take his calls? He's going to give him the middle finger. That's what he's going to do. That was really smart. Imagine if Trump would have said that about Jinping or Rocket Man. His name escapes me for the moment. If he'd have said, oh, the media would have gone nuts and he's stoking the fire. He's going to get us into World War III. Biden's doing everything in his power to start it. Okay. That's all I've got today. I hope you enjoyed it. Tell your friends. Tell your relatives. To sign up, subscribe, support, buy my books. Go to my Herbalife site. Because this is how I make my living. Call for a seminar, management seminar. And let's keep this show on the air. And let's get enough subscribers where we can do this maybe four times a month instead of two. Well, this is Jeff Dawson signing off from Dallas, Texas. Y'all have a good Saturday, a wonderful Sunday. And take a break. Turn all the electronics off. Breathe, relax, decompress, and life will be good. We'll see you in two weeks. I hope you enjoyed our time together. I know I did. Without you wonderful listeners, this show would not be possible. If you want to know more about me and how my brain works, that's a scary thought. Check out my books at jeffdawsononamazon.com. Websites, LDDJ Enterprises and jeffdawsonauthor.site for upcoming releases and teaser excerpts from past and present publications. You can also contact me at Facebook, LDDJ Enterprises Publishing, or email LDDJEnterprises at gmail.com or on Twitter at JeffDawson59. Have a great week and look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Dawson's Domain.